The Microsoft Xbox One console has been announced, but what do we all think? Are we impressed by the design? Will we ever understand what always on means for gaming? And will we ever convince Marty that Kinect is a good thing? All of this and more on James Woodcock's Game and Gadget Podcast. everyone, this is the very first episode of a brand new podcast series dedicated to gaming and technology known as the Game and Gadget Podcast. For our very first episode, we are covering the recent announcement of the new Xbox One console revealed by Microsoft. I'm James Woodcock, the host, and my website, jameswoodcock.co.uk, is where you can stream and download all of my audio and video podcasts, including this one. It is my aim to have a bunch of guests from various gaming and technology websites within each episode discussing the latest developments while dipping into retro nostalgia. So, for our first edition, please welcome Marty Greenwell, who is writer and editor and new podcast host at ConsoleMonster.com. Hello. Peter Willington, handheld editor and community manager at PocketGamer.co.uk. Hello. And Ken Barnes, editor at PureXbox.com. Hello. So, what did we make of the overall presentation style compared to the Sony announcement of the PlayStation 4? It was definitely more entertainment-focused, wasn't it? It was a complete reversal from last time, from PS3 and Xbox 360. It's like Microsoft decided to go down a media hub route and... PlayStation 4 down a games console route with added media as opposed to added games. And what about you, Peter? What did you make of it all? Yeah, it was... Um, <clears throat> it was... It, it, it's a bit difficult to kind of put your finger on exactly where it sort of went wrong for me, but I, it, it was definitely kind of a negative experience. Um, I think that... I think it was an extremely American-focused um, uh, show, and fair, you know, with fair fair dues, that's fine. It's, that's where they that's where they make their money. But it had sports. It had sports. <laughs> it TV. had sport, you know sports we don't play, and 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 hosts of game shows we don't watch. Um, NFL. Yes. Ah, uh, and uh, you know, and and but more than that, you know, they were talking about uh, NBA Fantasy League, for example, and Fantasy League. It's not a massive thing over here, not not particularly. Um, I, I know some people do it with the football, don't they? Uh, but uh, but but for, you know, it, it just wasn't a, a use case scenario that that many people were particularly interested in. Um, mm. And uh, and obviously for the Europeans, whose homes are quite small in comparison to the Americans, you know, it was it was a, there was a lot of focus on moving around a big environment and being able to swipe with with connect and. Uh, and and uh, with you know, I mean, my flat's tiny. You know, I, I I'm not going to be able to get up and hop about and do all that sort of stuff with the Kinect. But uh, yeah, so it was it was very American focused thing, and I kind of think the Europeans and the Japanese kind of got left out a little bit. And it was definitely mostly entertainment and very very few gaming announcements, which mm. they seem to be leaving for E3. 
So what about you, Ken? As an overall presentation, did you have quite a negative experience like Peter? Um, to an extent, yeah. I mean, they were missing a lot of detail, which would have been nice. I mean, obviously, they've set this presentation aside to show off the hardware and the name and the logo and all that jazz, But um, and, and they're leaving the games for E3. But there was a lot of detail missing. We don't know very much about the console's power. We know it's got um, a certain amount of RAM and it's DDR3, you know, but it's that's it. That's all they told us. They told us it had something like 5 billion transistors, which is just meaningless. Exactly, yeah. It, it doesn't translate into any workable figures. So, you know, it's it, it was passable. I like the fact that it didn't take two hours. Um, and just to, show, to not show off a console like Sony's did, you know, but um, passable. That's about all, all you can say about it, really. And what about you, Marty? Would you say it was a, quite a negative experience for you as well? I'd say it was quite disappointing because of the focus away from games. I mean, I, I've been a big supporter of Xbox 360. I have a massive games for that machine. And right at the moment, I don't really feel like pre-ordering one. Yeah, I'm afraid I tried to go in it very optimistic. And the entertainment focus doesn't bother me. This is a definite direction that consoles must take to survive, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. reach this wider market. Well, for for sure, yeah, they they must diversify, but it's still a games console. And the reason I buy buy a a console is for games. The the media side of things is, is just a nice addition but it's not my main focus when i buy a console but but is it is it is it a games console like is is the next generation of home systems that you put underneath your television do we i mean do we even call them consoles it's it's you know this is a mass this is a multimedia device and the fact that it plays games is absolutely amazing but But I, i don't need another one though i've got several of them already if I just <laughs> media then, then why don't I just use my existing stuff but it's yeah. all in one Marty hence but the I've lovely got an all name in one thing. I've got an all in one thing I've got a, an android on a stick that does the media just as well as, as Xbox One is going to do an yeah, android you, on a stick you won't get you won't get your halo and you won't get your you but that's why I want a games console <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely Um, it's it's really interesting because the home consoles, they are having to, you know, we've seen the Wii U, for example, that's, that's kind of taken a bit of a, ugh, bit, bit of a, a sideways turn, unfortunately. And, and, and a lot of people are being very negative and sort of saying, oh, Nintendo, they just don't really get it. Yeah. Um, and to some extent, that's, that's true. But I think actually you're going um, to see a lot more of what Ben Cousins of DNA was talking about um, on Twitter the other day where he was sort of saying, you know, this is... You know, this is not just specific to Nintendo. This, this is the, the fact that consoles aren't selling. That will happen to all of these devices coming up soon. And the reason yeah. they're not going to sell is because people don't want dedicated games consoles anymore. Like we saw that with the Wii. What they, what, or at least I shouldn't say all people, because obviously you know there's a few of us that do. But, well, but I, uh, I pre-order Wii U, you know, <laughs> and I've got one. Yeah, you know exactly. But 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 that's a much smaller audience than the people who like the NFL. And to, to me, that's what Microsoft made the play of. You know, that, that's, that's their big move. But it's a uh, big gamble that, it, that people absolutely. are going to get on board with it. Mm. 
Well, you could say the same about Windows 8. That was a, a big gamble. And maybe they're still smarting from that decision a bit at the yeah, minute. And, we'll and they've rescinded, haven't they, on, on having a start button. So maybe they, they might rethink things for Xbox One if it doesn't go across one. Yeah, they've still got time. You know, it's it's going to probably come out at the end of the year. They've said all regions by the end of the year, by the looks of it. So they've still got time to make minor adjustments well, but they've had to make cons- bold decisions to survive and windows 8 is a casing example they've had to have this touchscreen element it's upset a hell of a lot of desktop users they're going to make some minor concessions to make it a little bit easier to use and more bearable on a desktop machine but if they don't make these bold moves are they going to be here in another five years making these billions and billions of dollars I would think so. I mean, companies adapt. If you if you don't adapt to change, maybe as consumers we should be adapting to change. It's always difficult to transition into into a new era for for anything. I mean, look at how many people complain when Facebook changes its UI it, in the most minor way. <laughs> yeah, and and people get used to it, but there are certain aspects of Xbox One that I'm really going to struggle to get used to. But I think that comes about with every new generation. You know, with the original Xbox, you didn't get, and the PS2, you didn't get video, you didn't get Netflix, you didn't get NHL Game Center. But people learn to use that on their console. You know, it's Microsoft have the numbers. They know how many people are using these services. Uh, they wouldn't be focusing so much on these services with Xbox One if they weren't going to make money out of them. I'm, I, I'm not so sure because I think they've got an awful lot of pressure from the different divisions at Microsoft that want a certain piece of the pie with the Xbox One that perhaps Xbox game division are not so keen on. Uh, but I mean, if you look at if you look at the devices that have tried uh, to implement successfully, you know, mass multimedia uh, inputs or, or trying to bring different disparate elements together. There is a, looking at it in a particularly rosy view, there is quite a, you know, it's quite a positive um, outcome for a lot of those devices. The PlayStation 2, for example, sold exceptionally well because it was the cheapest DVD player on the market. Sure. People, people wanted a DVD player and they also wanted, um, you know, they wanted a games machine. It also helped that, you know, Sony went in having the most popular console of that, that generation. But um, I suppose the difference playing devil's advocate on this one, is that Microsoft aren't really selling a new um, media technology, which is what you generally get with a leap in uh, a leap in a generation. Instead, they're selling a different experience of the same, the same media that we're consuming, which is basically digital downloads, which is you know, where all of this stuff is going. But Microsoft is trying to sell us a different way to interact with all of that stuff whether it's with TV, whether it's with games whether it's with um, our friends over Skype or internet or whatever um, and that is the challenge the challenge that I can see Microsoft having is them trying to sell the dream of buy this box because it will make everything that you want to do on your computer and your laptop and in your games machine all in the same thing but actually in your front room and on your television and so easy that's what they've got to try and sell us it's not here's all here's an awesome call of duty game it's hey here's the super simplest way to get all of the tv that you really love and it's probably you know and it, and it's not very expensive and it's very easy to set up and anybody could use it exactly i mean i've got 
1500 remote controls for all the devices I've got. It'd be great just to say Xbox on and everything just come on, including my surround sound, my TV, the Xbox itself and anything else that needs to be powered at that time. If it could do that, I'd be sold on it straight away. But I've got an all in one remote that can do that. You yeah, can but if you, can you talk to your remote, I mean, like, I've got I a free don't view. I want to talk to my remote. Well, hold on. If I've got remote. free sat HD, right, which is hundreds of channels, if I could just say BBC News and it went straight to the channel, that'd be grand. Instead be of remembering channel like numbers that, and all sure. the rest of it, that'd be grand. But certainly, well, I was going to say Connect One, but we're going to get confused now, aren't we? Uh, with, with Connect One, when I'm watching Netflix, that does all the all the navigation on its own. If something that comes on on Netflix while I'm watching that it, it recognises as, as a controller, and I hope that the other Connect One, the one that isn't Connect One, one just call it Connect Two for goodness' sake. <laughs> it will get confusing. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll not do that. And if it if that works, then great. That that has been eradicated with Connect One or the second version of Connect. Connect uh, one two, connect one two. Yeah, um, I, IGN posted some videos early today uh, showing them using Connect with uh, a load of sound coming through from Call of Duty Ghosts, and it picked up their voice and their voice alone. You know, so it can tell the difference between you speaking and the TV saying something. something sure, yeah. I, so that I should, that should that. relieve that problem. I would have thought. I, I, I would hope so, but we were promised a lot with Connect one one. <laughs> Sorry. True. <laughs> and, and it didn't deliver, did it? Uh, you know, yeah, these, these are tech demos. Connect, so. when that was first announced, it was how many months before it was released? 18? Mm. Two years? It was a long way off. So mm. they went on in with all these grandiose plans and then realised, oh my God, we can't afford to put the technology in Connect itself. We're going to have to let the Xbox yeah. do some of the work. And I think that's where it went wrong. But and they stripped this it time, they should have sorted all that out. But, but we, we don't know that that it's it's hardware within the Connect that is going to be driving it this time, or whether it's one or two or three of the eight cores that, that, that the machine has. They've still yet to, to prove, to me at least, that Connect can work as a technology and, and be an advantage rather than a distraction. I, I think that's part of what Microsoft is going to have to sell the end consumer. It's, it's, it's not just this you know, experience, or at least perhaps it is part of it, but the Connect is so fundamental. You know, we, we've got these reports saying that without the Connect, the system simply won't boot. Um, we, you know, they're going to have to prove that this, this second version of Connect is much better than the original, because if it isn't, if, it, if, it, if this technology simply doesn't work, it's, it's not up to scratch, the entire framework of what Xbox One is built on, what the, the, the sort of ease of, of moving through content, for example, you know, that entire stage show, there wasn't a mm. controller in the hand, you know, that, that was, it was all about saying, this works and it works flawlessly, and if it does, that's absolutely amazing. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it does because if it's completely balked, then Microsoft is in is in some serious trouble. Well, I, I hope it does too. And I had high expectations from Connect. I wasn't convinced that that was a live demo on the reveal. To be honest, no, but, you know, I'd be surprised if it was. Doesn't mean it's not capable of doing it, no, but certainly no, in a live sure. situation on a stage, they probably want to take the risk. Yeah, you're taking a big risk if you 
demonstrate something like this to millions of people and it doesn't work you have to have these conferences to a schedule so yeah i'd be very surprised if that wasn't scripted but anyway back to the entertainment wasn't it saying that said the most used function on the playstation 3 was watching netflix is that right does that Uh, ring a bell no i think they said that the ps3 had the biggest market share of consoles for using netflix right um i don't don't know if that, that's right. That, that's what I remember anyway. Who are these rich people buying PS3s just for Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I've been using my PS3 mostly for watching Netflix because of Super HD. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of fun. I, I must admit, I use my 360 mainly for watching DVDs and, and uh, that's about it at the moment, unfortunately. Um, really? Well, yeah, I barely get to play home console stuff, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I I mainly use my home consoles for streaming tech and and stuff like that at the moment, simply because you know, like like a lot of the joke videos that are going around at the moment, TV is the easiest game Microsoft can sell us. You know, it's it's played in twenty five minute chunks. There's no actual interaction. There's no difficulty to anything, and you still get some entertainment out out of it at the end. You know, it's the easiest form of entertainment that an Xbox product or any product um, can can pump out to you. So it's an easy sell, really. It's an easy win. And if they're... Um, I don't know if any of the sort of tariffs and, and um, the, the buy-in packages details have come out yet, but, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that Sky is probably going to be sniffing around this and sort of saying, you know, how can we get involved with this and how can we sell people, you know, a service as well as this this device that's going to you know sneak our service surreptitiously into the living room well i think that sky would rather be selling their satellite packages and that the microsoft stuff is just a a nice way of getting like you say people into sky Mm. because they're going to have to give microsoft the share but we 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 know from the from the uh from the things that have been going around that this whole tv service is going to be us only at the start it's not going to be part of the European package. So there's obviously some negotiation stuff that still has to go on before Sky would get on board with them. Yeah, you'll probably see some very basic interaction to start with, and then maybe it gets more advanced over time. But I think that's natural. I mean, if you look at Apple, there is, I think, wanted to release a TV with all this stuff built in, but we're never able to because you just can't get the agreements. Mm. So the only way Xbox and an earlier device like Google Google TV could do it was to have an HDMI in and have an overlay. So I think Microsoft's having to go that route. I think it's the only route that's viable. It could prove to be very interesting indeed, but it just depends how quickly they can roll it out across the world. Yeah, I think um, also you've got to bear in mind Microsoft has got some good partnerships with BT, um, which and BT are currently pushing their BT Vision packages really, really strongly. So I've got a feeling, I've heard some rumours that there may well be BT Vision, almost uh, the entire thing, bundled at launch. Well, that would yeah. probably fit fit more with, with the machine, given it's an IP-delivered system. Mm. Be interesting if any bundle Xbox One with any packages. Absolutely. Well, that TV goes. packages, do you mean? Yeah, I mean, if you look at Talk Talk and people like that, they've got the UView boxes 
you buy a monthly package and you get a UView box as part of it. And that's basically Freeview HD with DVR facilities. Well, I, I would suggest that that's probably more viable than Sky giving away a lot of its market share. So, that's the basic outlook of the announcements. How about the name, Xbox One? Probably not what we were expecting. People were saying Xbox Infinity, and it was certainly never going to be Xbox 720. <laughs> Do you know, I, I saw a comment on... A for- I shouldn't read forum comments because they wind me up. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> but but this person said it would never have been Infinity because there were too many syllables in it. Okay. Uh PlayStation right. 4 Sony. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it was just it made me laugh. Too many syllables. I was quite surprised at the name. Um but I I don't think the name's a, a really a big deal to be honest. I, I think we is a stupid name. I still think it's a stupid name. And it still sold well. is an even more <laughs> stupid name. But a name is not gonna stop a console from selling. If we can pass the gate, then one certainly can. Yeah. And HTC One, you know, they did a... Although they tweeted today, we've already got that one, Microsoft. Mm. So any other thoughts on the name? Ultimately, ultimately, you don't, you know, you don't call the system that you buy by its official name. You know, I I believe the... um, There's... If you look at the bottom of um, press releases from... Sony and Microsoft, the full name of the actual console is not, you know, PlayStation 3, it's not Xbox 360, it's something like, um, you know, the Microsoft Xbox 360 entertainment device, something like that. Like, it's a much longer thing than it is. And even then, people don't, you know, even if you shorten it down to something like an Xbox 360, most people either just say, I'm going to go and play the Xbox or I'm going to go and play my 360. You know, calling it the Xbox One, I don't think people are going to call, going to go and say, I'm just going to go and play the One. But I think people will continue to say, I'm going to go and play my Xbox. You know? Yeah, I'm um, sure they will. But it will make uh, Googling for, for Xbox One perhaps a little bit more problematic, given there was an Xbox One. Well, yeah, I mean, I actually I did an image search um, late last night. And, um, and it was funny, like, the, the, the top search um, result on Google image search is the new Xbox, basically. And then... The second is an original Xbox, and it's very, it's very telling. Of you know, it's I don't know how I don't know how some of these um, large wiki-based sites are going to be able to sort of keep up with all of this sort of stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, there's there's some sort of confusion there. But I think actually, you know, we're so far away from that original Xbox that most people just kind of forget about it. I think about eight years ago, in fact. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we're going to have less issues with it being called. Xbox One than we're going to have with uh, Nintendo's new console being the Wii U, yeah. which I, I I still think is causing confusion with the consumer. Yeah, because that sounds like an that's that sounds like an expansion, whereas whereas you know Xbox One just kind of sounds like it takes it takes thirty seconds for a game store representative to say no, this is the brand new console, and then the mum and dad go, all oh, right, yeah, it, it's not too much difficulty, but with you know with Nintendo's offering, yeah, it's a little bit more tricky in that way. This is the one you want. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what you should go in? You should go into marketing. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do any worse, I suppose. So what about the look? Now, this has got 
a, a quite a mixed response. Some people mm. are saying, thank goodness, it's going to look nice in my entertainment unit. It's not going to stick out like a sore thumb. But it doesn't look anything like a traditional console system. It's because it's not a traditional console system. Absolutely, Ken. Yeah, but, I, like, I like the look of it. I think it looks good. Ah, that's good. And what about you, Marty? Yes or no? That's all, I all, think, all you can say. I think I need to see it in the flesh. Ooh, you kinky man. But it looks a little bit to me from seeing the, the, the quite a few image of it, like a, a 1980s VCR. I, I can't say I'm enamoured by the look of it at the moment. And what about you, Peter? Yay or nay? Uh, yes, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't look at my PlayStation you know, I don't look at my Xbox anymore. It's, it's it looks fine. It looks like a '90s desktop PC. You know, it's um, but quite sleek. Yeah. This is it. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You, you're staring at your screen. You're not staring at the console. Yeah, it true. It really true. doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm a bit more concerned about the massive amount of vents that it appears to have on half the console <laughs> on the top. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a, a massive dust gatherer. But uh, yeah, and, and you're not going to be able to open these things up to clean them out. But it's going to be so, four times quieter. Well, that's 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 nice because uh, a lot of people complained about the Xbox 360 noise, but that I thought that was always the drive, the DVD drive that was causing that, rather than actually the fans inside of it. Well, it's it nice the drive that was the noisiest, but certainly if you're watching it again, going back to things like Netflix, where it's not all shouting and guns are blazing when it's just very quiet dialogue that little sound in the background can be a little bit off-putting so if they've improved yeah. that like they say then that's a good thing i don't know oh, yeah. I, I can't hear it at all with my uh 360s no i can't with mine either just, no just the, the s is a, a lot better mm. so it's four times quieter than that ken so you won't be able to hear it at all i won't even know it's there exactly except for the big black thing in the entertainment unit well that one yeah yeah so this is what Microsoft actually say about the design. One of Microsoft's primary design goals for the new hardware was to create a boldly understated design that would appeal to both traditional game players and a wider audience interested in other types of entertainment. Well, I think they've uh, succeeded in that. I think they've just together a load of PR rubbish. Well, like every company, Marty. And I'm going to have to beat well, that out. <laughs> sorry, yeah. I, I just, I don't like the whole PR stuff. They they just massage nonsense into sound bites. And I'd rather that companies would just say, this is what it is. Call, call, a, call a, a, a shell a shell. Call a TV a TV. Call a games console a games console. We don't need this nonsense. But it's, it's, it's not quite as heavy-handed as uh, last time, of course, like Microsoft referred to the 360 design as a, a sharp inhale of breath is that right it That's was right. it was um yeah so it was kind of you know they, they talked about how because it was a i always get this wrong is it convex or concave concave um how the sort of how the design of the the original xbox 360 kind of breathes in it look it, it's meant to give you this this idea that uh, it's going to give you this feeling of excitement, that, that sort of sharp inhale of breath of, oh, oh, I'm excited, I'm excited. And I remember sort of listening to that and thinking, oh, come on. And then, like, you know, hearing you, hearing you read back that PR spin, to me, that, that doesn't sound quite, <laughs> quite, as, quite as highfalutin as, uh, 
as it was five or six years ago. Surely people are just sick to death of all this PR nonsense. By well, now. hold on, Martin. There will be designers are saying, okay, we don't want it to look like a traditional game console. I, We're not exactly aiming for that as a total experience. I'm, I'm, I'm we need talking, it to look like something else. No, I'm not talking about the, the design of it. I'm talking about the way that they spin it. Oh yeah, but, but oh, it's we're, a we're the only we're the, we're the only ones who to be honest, like you know, we're the only ones that are going to hear that sort of stuff. Like the 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 end consumer is not going to be given that that sort of a spiel. Um, but the actual what you know what that um, design you know what they're sort of talking about in that description is really interesting. And and if you think about it in a, a thematic way, you know, again, like the the, the current generation of consoles. Microsoft 360 really was it really was a moment because it was the time when Microsoft came in and went no nope, you know what we're shaking things up and that was really exciting and you know yeah. I think this generation has been a really good scrap I've loved it it's been fantastic you know really interesting um, movements into different markets and different technologies and different ways of thinking and Microsoft's design philosophy in this way of you know we want it to appeal to games people but we also want it to appeal to a, a wider audience i think that's that's representative of a wider philosophy of what that system is is, is trying to sort of pitch to you know who, who that's who that's going for it looks so huge though <laughs> it does look beefy but it's, it's it's not. If you look at the picture of it with the controller sat on top, it's not that much bigger than a standard 360. Which is why I think I need to see it in the flash, as I said before. Yeah, I think if there's an Xbox 360 next to on top of it, that would be far more telling. Well, you can sort of gauge it from um, the uh, the blue. Oh, it's Blu-ray now, isn't it? Yeah, it the is. Blu-ray drive. Uh, which it, so it's it's almost two point two Blu-rays in width, but it, it I think I still need to to be convinced of it. Well, we, we've said look look it's going to be under your TV, so yeah, the, the shape of the console is is fairly pointless. Indeed, and the flat look is absolutely fine by me. I don't have any issue with that. But it's still ugly, in my opinion. <laughs> No, I, I I wouldn't say it's ugly. I'd say it's understated. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. But let, they're going to have the opportunity now to do the uh, Xbox One Slim and the Xbox Xbox One even slimmer. So we will get hardware options. Indeed. Now, of course, on to the actual specifications, which were still quite lean at the event. But we do know, and actually what was rumoured to be known earlier, is that it's a AMD CPU, 8 core no less, a GPU tailored for DirectX 11.1 graphics, 32 megabytes of high bandwidth embedded ES RAM memory, 28 nanometer chip will consume around 100 watts, which is... Slightly higher than the current Xbox Slim and PS3, but Microsoft promises noise from the cooling fans will be four times quieter, like we mentioned before. It will have eight gigabytes of RAM, so if we compare that to the 360, that has 512 megabytes, so that's a huge leap. And it's actually the same amount of memory as the PS4, but the Xbox One's memory will be DDR3 instead of DDR5. Um, as far as memory speeds, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this on Twitter and forums, is hmm. DDR3 and GDDR5 going to make that much difference that we're going to instantly know one's an Xbox One and one's a PS4? 
No. No. Good. I'll move on. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, there is a reason for that, though. I mean, while GDR, uh, GDDR5 is more desirable, it's expensive, so that's going to push your prices up or your losses, losses up. But because the architectures are so similar on, on both PS4 and Xbox 360, you're going to be developing to a certain level. Mm. And that's not necessarily going to be unless you're a first-party developer to the metal of the PS4 or the metal of the Xbox 360. And you can't simply look at specs like GDR5 or GDR3 in a singularity because it's the whole combination of the architecture that makes a machine fast or slow. Indeed. There's always going to be one component in there that is going to be a bottleneck, and, and that's the one that's going to slow everything down. Be interesting to see because on paper the PS3 was supposed to be quite a bit faster, and it wasn't until those first-party titles came out, like you say, Marty, that we really saw what the PS3 was capable of. But the other multi-platform titles just were baseline, weren't they? They were yeah, pretty consistent across the range. And people seem to in the in the Xbox 360 PS3 generation to go to the PS3 and disregard the extra power maybe that the PS3 had. I think marginally maybe the PS3 has demonstrated that it has more graphical prowess. Um, and, you know, we're seeing systems that are PC architectures. So if people can code to PCs, they can code for PlayStation 4 and Xbox 3. And it's good news if you're a PC gamer because hopefully more console games come into the PC. Yeah, I think you're right. And vice versa. So, audio and video, 1080p and 4K both supported. So that's the new UHD format that we'll no doubt be seeing in the UK in the not-too-distant future. And 7.1 surround sound, because the Xbox 360 was 5.1, couldn't go any higher than that, and it was a PS3 that could. So that's a nice little addition. And the Connect or Connect 2, or Connect 1, whatever that you want to call the blinking thing. This will be bundled with the console as standard, so it's not a separate accessory anymore, which means developers will hopefully take far more advantage of the peripheral in every game, even in a very minor way, it would be nice, and contains a 250,000 pixel infrared depth sensor, so it can even see in the dark, that means, as well as a regular 7... Oh, it's 1080p webcam, actually says 720p in the notes on Engadget, but I know it's a 1080p webcam. Storage and media, it's a 500 gigabyte internal hard drive, a Blu-ray DVD combo drive, so you can finally play your Blu-ray movies on the Xbox. No HD DVD, unfortunately. Mm. I know, I've got quite a few HD DVDs, but never mind. And uh, disk-based games will be ripped to the hard disk drive automatically. And then there's USB 3.0 ports, gigabit Ethernet, built-in Wi-Fi, both uh, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz standards. So yeah, that's pretty much what we know about the specs so far. It looks quite good on paper, and hopefully at E3 we'll see what this brute power can achieve. Because we didn't see anything at the presentation that would make us really know for sure, did we? No, we saw CGI. Now, the next kerfuffle, and Xbox One's had quite a few kerfuffles since its announcement. Trading of used games. 
Are we any wiser on this subject since the announcement yesterday and some of the minor clarification we've had today? No. We've got... Um, the, what we know so far is that if you put a, con- uh, a disc that you've already installed on your console on your profile, you can go to a friend's house and use that disc as long as you are signed into your profile. If you sell it or trade it in, somebody else will have to... Whoever buys it has to pay to reactivate it. We know that something is happening with regards to resellers. A system will be in place for game, GameStop, etc., to be able to sell reactivations. But that's about it. We don't know how much it's going to cost. Um, people at Microsoft are saying different things. One says it's going to be full price. Um, one says it's going to be less than £5. Yeah. We, we, we just don't know at the moment. And I think this is the biggest stumbling block that Microsoft are having to hurdle because this has annoyed a lot of people and they need to get specific on this issue and I don't even think that they know themselves what they want to do with this whole blockage of second-hand games is. Absolutely agree. I mean, at the moment, we still don't know what Sony are going to do. A lot of people are are writing Microsoft off, but with Microsoft moving first, you would assume that Sony's arm will be twisted uh, eventually. Sony have, have reiterated today, in fact, that they will not personally block uh, PS4 second-hand sales, then it will be down to the publishers to decide, which probably means that the publishers will block second-hand sales. This is yeah, true, it's but- not much of an advantage, is it? I mean, if Sony give the facility, then the developers are more likely going to take advantage of it. Plus, but- you have to, have to be careful about the language. Microsoft isn't blocking second-hand sales. No, it's they're not. providing no, okay, a facility but, but to allow are- people to do it. Sure, they, but they they are essentially blocking second-hand sales. They are putting in a block on the ability for you to have value on on your uh, your purchase. And uh, you know, it, it's I, I this this is a real stickler for me because I think it is very anti-consumer. I, hmm, I, 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 I don't really give. A monkeys about the second-hand market for uh, a from a consumer perspective. I think that if you want to play a video game, and a company says, "Here's how much we would like you to pay for it," then you either pay that or you don't. You certainly don't give it to a company like Game. You don't give it to Game Station. However, this is an incredibly, incredibly troubling move for me, per- like personally, because I'm somebody who has a video game collection and I'm somebody who likes to go back into the archives. And I know that this is some very future retro thinking here, but bear with me. When in 30 years' time I want to come back and go, do you know what? Oh, I'd really love, to, really love to play that Halo 5 or whatever, but I don't have a copy. I could potentially go out and find a copy of it but what I might not be able to do is reactivate that game through the system because that because Xbox Live version 2 for Xbox One um, or whatever it ends up being called, that might have been shut off for that device. So then at that point, I can't access that content on that disc. And at some point, you start losing video games. You start... You start 
um, this sort of mass loss of video game history. And we are blindly rolling into this situation where we are very easily going to lose a whole bunch of games again. And we've seen this before. This happened in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s when people just thought that this was, you know, that video games were utter nonsense and they were just kids, you know, they were little toys to have, little frivolous things to, to play and throw away and, you know, got rid of them. And this is how you end up with games that there's only four or five of them in existence. And, you know, so to not be able to, to access this content again not be able to pay for this content, you know, not be able to, not be able to, at any point, be able to put that disc back in and, and experience it. You know, we are losing a significant portion of our future history. You oh, know, I, I totally, totally agree with that. I'm, I'm a massive retro fan. If you've listened to the Console Monster podcast, you would know that I even do my Marty, Ask, uh, Marty Answers retro section to yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, but but, the, yeah, but, this but, is, but you will be able to play them again. It's just that they will resell you that game. But but this is the thing. But this is the thing. In if, right, if I wanted, if I want to play an Atari Twenty Six Hundred game, right? If I want to play BMX Air Master, I need to go and find myself a copy of BMX Air Master, and I need to go and find myself an original. Um, you know, I need to go and find myself uh, an original bit of hardware to play that on. That's fine. I can do that because those those challenges are mechanical. The the challenge at some point becomes software and service based with Xbox One and if Microsoft want to turn that system off for a specific device then we lose access to that product everybody who has not bought that product at that point can no longer access it so not only do you need a disc not only do you need the hardware you need this third thing that the company doesn't want to help you with and these companies are not interested in their own history what they are interested in is the now and the making of money now yeah absolutely and i would completely agree with that they, they, they're interested in making money and, and of course they, they've got shareholders and uh, i can understand that but i think what you're saying and i would agree is just a step too far we if we lose the whole gaming heritage then why are we even gamers but we do have to consider one thing and that is that microsoft haven't actually confirmed the point of activation if I don't, uh, can I boot up my Xbox One without connecting it to the internet? If I mm. can, mm. if I can, then how is the game activated? You know, the game, it, it can activate it for that console, but it can't say, right, this game has been activated. Hey, Microsoft, mark this down. This one's been checked off already. You know, it can't do that if I don't connect it to the internet. And so this is I, a problem. There's said, so many yeah. unanswered questions. Yeah, but has there not been some discussion that uh, from uh, Phil Harrison has stated with a, a, an interview with Kotaku that um, the console will need to talk to the Microsoft cloud servers every 24 hours, and that it will need to to communicate that to register a game. It's it's all very vague, isn't it? It's all it very is. vague. We don't know whether that is true or whether it's not. But this has come from Phil Harrison, who is a, a, a vice president for Microsoft. This is this is true, but this is also Phil Harrison that says to reactivate a game, you'll need to pay full price. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, oh, you know, we, we can't take we. Uh, I some of the things he said, obviously, was sitting there saying, you know, you're absolutely bang on the money, Phil. But some of it. 
I don't think he has all the answers yet because I don't think Microsoft has all the answers mm, yet. Agreed. Well, this is also the same person that said that uh, Rumble is last year's technology. Yeah, isn't it also the guy who just came out on stage with a bunch of ducks? And to, also the person that used to play it uh, used to used to be a a vice president at, at Microsoft. Maybe he's a plant. It, it could well be. <laughs> well, this is the only real official response we've got from Microsoft, and it's from good old Major Nelson. So he's put on his blog, we know there is some confusion around used games on Xbox One and wanted to provide a bit of clarification on exactly what we've confirmed today. While there have been many potential scenarios discussed, today we have only confirmed that we designed Xbox One to enable our customers to trade in and resell games at retail. Beyond that, we have not confirmed any specific scenarios. Another piece of clarification around playing games at a friend's house. Should you choose to play your game at your friend's house, there is no fee to play that game while you are signed in to your profile. So, yeah, it's just vague statements again. I mean, the only thing that they've actually said there is that if a game that you have registered on your profile will work if it's logged into your profile, which then has the implication that if you're not signed into your profile, it won't work. So you can't just lend a game to your mate, as you might do. And if you lend a game to your mate and he likes it, he might end up buying it. This is something that they're they're missing out on. That a lot of uh, sales are created by referrals, by people lending games to each other, going around to their friends' house and showing off games. You know, that's do you, that's why word of mouth. Uh, I, I agree. I agree with you. Referrals and word of mouth. But do you think lending somebody a video game is is a way of selling an additional copy of that game? What would yes, the, I absolutely do. So, I subscribe to Love Film. And I have rented games from Love Film that I have ended up buying. And in fact, I would guess I have about a 70% uh, purchase rate from the games that I've rented from Love Film that mm. I wasn't sure of that I have now bought. Mm, I, mm, Not everybody is like that, though, Mart. I mean, no, there's a lot I, of people who are like achievement whores okay, and will look, just I, play the single-player game, unlock most of the achievements in two or three days, and they'll never sure. touch that game again. Sure, I know, I know I'm a power consumer and I know I've got a, a massive library of games. And, and and this whole second-hand blocking and non-rental stuff is fine for, for somebody who only buys COD and FIFA every year because that's the only games that they buy. It's For somebody like me, I'm going to take less risks. I, I don't have a, a game library of, of 250 retail I don't know how many Xbox Live Arcade games I have, but it's somewhere over 200 as well. I'm not going to take massive risks on 60, 50, sorry, $60 games, I was going to say, 40, 50 pounds games. I'm just not, because I don't know, they have no value now if I cannot trade them on or or, or sell them for um, for new games. I can only assume, and this is looking at it glass half full, that there's going to be far more to do with this, with the cloud, and the whole going to your friend's house, you might not need the disc, maybe it's going to stream it as you play it, because we do know you can start playing the game before it's finished downloading, which is very similar to what the PS4 is doing, so... Let's try and give them the benefit of the doubt for now until we have more information. I understand why everyone's really 
quite upset and annoyed about this, but just because of the, it's such a contentious issue. But we'll probably, ho- and I hope, find out more by Ethan. I don't think it really is a contentious issue, though. I, I, I think it's just... Isn't a, it? No I, no, I don't. I don't think it's a contentious issue. I think there are two very clear uh, paths that you can see. One, it's an advantage to publishers. Two, it's not an advantage to consumers. But I well, think that will, that will also bring it in on to the other platforms as well, unfortunately. You know, eventually, you know, pub, uh, game publishers are going to realise that they're making more money from Microsoft uh, sales on Microsoft consoles because they're getting first sale, second sale, third sale profits coming back to them. But you're assuming that that, that is going to happen. I, I think looking at, at um, DRM on music and on books as, as a sure indicator that DRM does not work. People backlashed on iTunes and iTunes now has no DRM on the majority. I don't know whether they have it on any of them, but the majority of their uh, music sales is uh, DRM-free that you can use on any device. Oh, uh, this is a backward step. Oh, absolutely, and and Steam's not doing very well at all. Steam is a different, a different <laughs> animal altogether. <laughs> but it's, I don't, but it's, the, it's the same thing. I mean, really, this is... It's not, it's not the same thing because PC games have always been cheaper. And if you have an actual... Uh, Look, I, I just—it's just—it's just a different animal. But the—I I, think—I think the analogy with Steam and it, it is different. But it—I think you can make a lot of equations to it. Whereby, if you go onto the Steam store and you purchase a game, you know, currently there's no way of actually, you know, that that in, by by the sort of analogy that you're using, you know, that that game has no more value except for the value that you take from it by playing it. The, the you can't, you know, you can't pass it on. You can't give it on to somebody else and. And, uh, and and it's locked to your account. If you sign into another computer with your Steam ID, you can play that game anywhere. But that, I, that, I haven't that, had to pay 40 quid for that game. No, uh, uh, now, absolutely. Now, I 100% agree with you on that one because if, if you know, again, if Microsoft is smart, they will use this to, instead of making ridiculous profits for a very small amount of time, what they will do is offer... Uh, you know they will be able to offer these games at a lower price because it is so difficult to actually you, hand them on. Do you on. really believe that, given people are going to be annoyed by not being able to play second-hand games, and therefore the market for those consoles is going to reduce? That no, Martin, they are the going to be able to play second-hand games. Oh no, that's okay. Not it's going I... to be a more complicated path, but they are going to be able to play second-hand games. My my point is. The, the publishers are complaining about losing money due to second-hand sales. Are they now, because they don't have second-hand sales, reduce the price? Because then they're, they're, they're back at status quo again. Well, the, 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 the marketplace that does not allow for second-hand sales, does, you know, Steam, that does have reduced prices. That, and that's you know that's but that that steam and the PC market has always been cheaper than the console market, and I, I don't actually believe that Steam has made PC game cheaper. If you look at the the price differential between uh, disc based games for PC and Steam based games for PC, even though maybe some of them have to have to talk to Steam, the the, the same price, mm. apart from the fire sales that they have and. Uh, EA, for one, have said that they don't like fire sales and they won't support it. Time will tell. 
And we'll move on to the other issue of Always On. They've actually released an Xbox Frequently Asked Questions, and these are the advantages of the cloud Always On, because it was the Always On that kept popping up in the news for many months before we even had this announcement. So, the advantages. Your games have more power available to create new gameplay, persistent worlds, and deeper experiences. Rubbish. Your system and games can update automatically, so you shouldn't have to wait for downloads or updates. Okay, that's good. Your games and entertainment are stored and saved in the cloud, so you can access them anytime from any Xbox One. Kind of like that. Start a game, movie or TV show on one console and finish exactly where you left off on another. I want to watch a movie in one hole. If you can afford multiple Xbox Ones, you're doing very well. (laughs) (laughs) God bless you, whoever that is. Feel free to donate to us. Um, you can play multiplayer games with your friends, stream movies or TV shows right away and enjoy the community and social features of Xbox Live. I really, really get irritated by people talking when I'm watching a film. Xbox One can recognise you, log you in and tell you your home screen just for you. You can discover what your friends are playing, watching and listening to if they choose to share. I don't really have any big feelings on that one. <laughs> I, I still think there's so much more they haven't announced yet. And this is maybe going to go some way into explaining why they're going to this approach. Because otherwise it would seem quite suicidal. Yeah, I understand I mean, where you're going from, Peter. And I'm completely with you on digital distribution and everything and the advantages of it. I just The way they've handled this has been poor. It's, it's, been, it's been very poor. And I... It's it's no coincidence that what is it two three weeks away now E three um, just under three weeks I think and I don't think it's a coincidence that that they decided to do it now that they decided to have the announcement yesterday because we're all talking about it we're all talking about Xbox admittedly in quite a negative way a lot of us um, but one of the big complaints I feel amongst people who um, I speak to regularly is, is a lack of video games and that have been shown. And apart from the fact that there weren't that many shown at the PlayStation 4 reveal, um, E3, a couple of weeks away, that is absolutely the stage for the game announcements. You know, Microsoft's done all of its chatting to, you know, it's done all of its investor relations kind of stuff with the TV and, and, and look at how many, how many amazing licenses that we have that are in uh, multimedia. You know, th- this is great. Um, they've done that. What they'll do now at E3 is they'll go on to say, these are the exclusives that we have. These are the games that are coming to this platform. You know, get excited. Um, and there they will be talking to more um, games uh, games press sort of focused people and I think that that's the place that I think that's the place that will make or break that system at launch I, I hope you're right I hope they are going to introduce these amazing games on uh, on Xbox One because given the reveal that they absolutely have to do that they, they cannot continue down that, that same path because it's mm. just not going to fly I think we'll see a, a lot of titles at E3. I mean, there, there's tons of stuff that we haven't seen yet. They're talking about 15 first-party titles in the first year, eight of which will be new IP. 
you know, I mean, we'll see three or four of those guaranteed at E3, maybe more. Well, how many of those are going to be Connect games? Because you know, Connect is kind of the exclusive thing that Xbox One has. It's very true, very true. But well, yeah, I can um, I can see that point. But I mean, you're going to be limited to things like uh, Dance Central, Connect Sports. There may be one or two more. Uh, this is the thing. This is the thing, isn't it? Because Sony going to have exclusives too. Well, I, I need to see the games at E3. They need to be blinding, and they need to—they don't just need to be blinding. They need to be so good that I don't buy a PS4. Exactly. So there you go, Microsoft. It's all about E3. No pressure. So Xbox One is going to come with a internal three—sorry, five hundred gigabyte internal hard drive—and uh, basically we're going to. Fill that up very quickly, aren't we, if we're putting all our game installations on it. Blu-rays a capacity of up to 50 gigabytes. Cool. So, uh, obviously, that's the maximum, and not every game is going to use all of that. But you're going to have to have a little extra room at some point, particularly if you're Martin, you buy a lot of games. But you can plug in an external USB hard drive into one of the USB 3.0 compatible ports, and that will also store downloads and game installs. So you've got room for expansion at least because the internal yeah. hard drive you cannot take out. It's not like the 360 we can swap. If it supports external drives and USB 3, then we're not going to be having issues with speed of transfer. So, okay, that, 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 that's fine. But as long as just, it's any external hard drive yeah. and it's not Microsoft's own double yeah. price version. Because Microsoft have been um, in the past known to not just double the price, but even quadruple the, uh, the price of a gigabyte. It's, they did introduce the whole memory card thing, so I have some kind of uh, hope that uh, having a USB stick in your Xbox 360 is going to carry over onto Xbox One. I'm not that concerned about that side of things to be honest yeah they've got the technology now to do that properly so saving and restarting so according to polygon the xbox one will include the ability to pause or even save a game at any point without losing progress Uh, game designers can still decide whether their games will also feature more traditional save points but all games will include the ability to stop playing a game and have it essentially save instantly. That's very smartphone-like. So you can hop to something else. So if you want to go Xbox, watch TV, you can switch. Your game's all paused and saved, ready for you to go back. <laughs> I, can, can I actually introduce a negative on this? You may. It's, it's not going to be a popular negative. Okay. But go on anyway. <laughs> New gamers are soft. What happened to the hardcore gaming section? I, I, actually, I think it's really nice that, that we can save a game at any point and then just carry on. I, I do appreciate that. So is this just a general conversation about game difficulty dropping? I think game difficulty has dropped with the institution... Of, of save anywhere and well it's not really save anywhere it's pause while you do something else isn't well, it well it, that's essentially <laughs> save anywhere isn't it well not really <laughs> and, you can uh, still yeah, pause quick, a game even once you can't save at any point on the pc but uh, I, I think gaming has uh, gotten easier 
if we look at Metro, uh, uh, Metroid was um, released on on uh, Wii U at 30, 30 pence, was it? Marty, Super I Metroid. love you, but this has got nothing to do with being able to pause and hop to no, watch but, TV but and I, ha- I do have a point here. Super Metroid was uh, released on, on Wii U as uh, downloadable on the virtual console, and a whole stack of people now have started saying, what do I do? I don't understand this game. I can't complete it. Help, help, help. And gaming has gotten softer, and uh, and save anywhere is is perhaps a thing that makes gaming easier and uh, well you know I don't I don't know after playing years of Tomb Raider where you had to find the diamond crystals to save and <laughs> more often than not you die before you got there yeah. I quite like the always been able to that save is, that that is a good pull um is it is it is it that games have gotten easier or is it that games have gotten more accessible to a wider audience Oh, oh, that that's interesting. Yeah, I I would say so. Because I mean, you know, this 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 um this pause anywhere is, is I think I think I think the key word there is pause. You know, it, it it's yeah. when you um with your iPhone, if you're playing something, uh, you know the the latest um I don't know, the latest Angry Birds. Let's go with a cliched game. Uh, latest Angry Birds. You know, if you if you return to the home screen, you're not actually saving the game mid you know mid bird flight. You're um, you're just leaving it. You're pausing and coming away. And I think that actually that's what this save is. It's not the you know um, it's not the quick save. You know, um, it's not the I want to say F five F six. I'm not a PC gamer unfortunately, um, but it's not that you know. Quick it's save, resume. Quick, quick load. Yeah, it's it's the I'm going to quickly go off and go do something else, and then I'm going to come back to the game that I'm playing. Um, and uh, of course, Xbox One being entertainment, you might be switching to live TV, a movie, or Skype video call, or anything. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I don't think that this is something new. How many times can you honestly say that you've been playing Battlefield Three, and then suddenly you want to switch? To the middle of um, of the Matrix, Marty. If my fiance is calling me on Skype while I'm playing a game, if I don't switch straight away, I don't know. Stop setting it. Also, mate, no. <laughs> it's, it's gaming or nothing. No, yeah, mate. But, no, mate. And that's uh, probably why you're single. <laughs> that, that's the. That's the. But that's the better use case. And and again, I think this was a, an example of Microsoft doing slightly badly in the way that they that they put this conference together. In so much as it shouldn't have been, and I can pause playing my super hot, amazing driving game and go and watch the basketball. Like, actually, that's not the use case. The use case is I can pause playing Call of Duty because uh, my grand's on Skype and she's in Australia and I need to talk to her for 20 minutes, you know, without, without you know, going to another device, without having to move about. Yeah, I think that's actually the use case there. You, you honestly want to call your grand in Australia yeah she's right yeah, she, she's fine what has his grand done to you Marty <laughs> <laughs> she's she's to be honest you know my, my grand in Australia she's um she's a hardcore Call of Duty player so uh, she'd probably be playing me online so uh, but well, yeah fair enough I mean, my grandma has dementia she can't remember her own name but <laughs> so I don't think it's going to happen well another use case is you might be watching a film 
but you just wait. Oh, okay, let's go to something more temporary. You're flicking around the channels, you're watching TV for your Xbox One, just while you're passing time, and then somebody invites you, like me, to play Halo 5, and you think, yeah, I'd love to play Halo 5, and just within a few seconds, yeah. you're right where you left off, in the multiplayer lobby, waiting for me. No, I, I certainly think there are advantages to doing that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't see how you can find the disadvantage in this. <laughs> it's make, no, this is actually I, something I that's going to make our life a little bit easier. No, the only thing I, I think I that could annoy you is notifications the, during a film. The disadvantages are, uh, for, uh, so long as you can turn them off, then I'm all for this sort of stuff. And I'm sure you can. But I just, I, if I want to watch a film, I want to watch a film. I don't want to be interrupted. It annoys the hell out of me if people are eating popcorn at the cinema. I don't want people <laughs> inviting me to games while I'm watching Django and now, Chains. Now, has it has it been confirmed that the Xbox One comes with popcorn? I, I don't. Has it? <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, I would totally buy one if it did. I, well, I think there's a lot of popcorn going on in the various <laughs> forum comments for sure. <laughs> Well, it's got a kernel, hasn't it? So there we go. Oh, that's well, <laughs> Let's yeah. not even talk about the kernels of these three different operating systems. Oh, James. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Oh, with a sad order of chips. Right, smart match and recording. Sorry, I'm trying not to laugh now. Doing a normal wisdom and laughing at my own bloody joke. <laughs> Using the Smart Match feature, and this is according to Polygon, Xbox One offers a new matchmaking system to multiplayer gaming that includes an advanced algorithm to peers to pair players on the basis of skill, language, and reputation. Additionally, Xbox One offers a new alternative to matchmaking lobbies. Instead, console owners can play a game, watch TV, or listen to music while they wait for a match to be found. Users can also favourite those matches to quickly find particular players to join up with. Thank goodness, because I'm... You know, I love Halo. I absolutely love the latest Halo. But the blooming matchmaking takes an age to jump between one game to the next. It'd be nice just to hop to something else while you wait and then be notified when it's started again. Yeah, I, 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 I quite like the idea of um, Smart Match. I do. I, if it works... Oh, Marty, you're sceptic. Well, has has matchmaking ever worked on Xbox 360? I don't think it really has. What's, what's the... I, I've never used it, but um, and it might not be the same thing, but, um, Ken, you'd, you'd know. Um, there's a, a thing where you can put down like something like a beacon... The beacons are just are just um, annoyances. On, on, they're <laughs> not annoyances. They are. They oh, are they things are. That, well, okay, maybe they are. But they they are beacons that you want to play this game, and it's just for your friends to say, right. yes, I want to play this game, and, and that's what they are. So that, but even and they're not with, even online. No, they're not <laughs> online. And, and 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 the problem is when you try to join a game at the moment with your friend on this beacon it, you, you you still get placed on different teams and mm. on most games if smart matching can stop that from happening then yeah i will be absolutely 100 percent for it i think the important thing at the moment is, is that we had this sort of thing with the xbox 360 anyway uh you know we had matchmaking based on skill and reputation that was mooted before and apparently is is a feature of what happens when you go in to make a match mm. but more often than not they're in quite a lot of games 
I mean, three, four, five weeks after they've come out, there's not enough players for them to even be able to do that who are playing online, yeah. mainly because of the matchmaking taking so long to do. You know, you, you go in, you try and find a match, you sit there for 10, 15, 20 seconds, and then it says, sorry, no match was found, bye-bye. Mm. With, with the Xbox One, more players will be online or will appear online because they'll be able to go and leave their matchmaking process to continue while they go and browse around the menus or go and watch TV or something like that. So I think it will improve online gaming on the Xbox platform as a whole. It is a very minor change, but I think it could have some really big results. Absolutely, if it works. Well, that's how it, it is, isn't it? We could say that about every console released. So well, console, uh, any yeah, feature, absolutely. Works, but the matchmaking does not work at the moment on on uh, on Xbox 360. We need to know what the parameters are for doing these matchmaking things. If we knew what these parameters are, then we could actually adjust our gaming preferences and the way that we, we, we played these games in order to get the matches that we want. We, I, I think the whole problem with the matchmaking thing is that we don't have enough options to, to check in order to get into the games that we want. I would like to see more options for the online matchmaking stuff that we can we can tick or cross. What sort of options we would you be looking for on that? I mean, I, I want to go into a game and say, okay, I don't want to play against people of a certain age group. I could understand that. Young American boys, <laughs> remove. I think that's a very valid valid tick marks to say that I don't want to include 14 to 16 year olds who just curse and, and, and oh my god uh, you suck yeah exactly <laughs> the, the problem is that people are just going to take the other options so maybe we need connect one two to identify younger people so that we can select <laughs> the people that we want to play with. connect one two two one two I'm, I'm going one connect one and connect one two connect one is the old one connect one two is the Okay, that's not a bit confusing, Marty. Thanks for clearing that up for the rest yeah. of us. You're welcome. On top of Xbox One's new matchmaking features, the player can make use of its game DVR feature to save impressive moments throughout their games and share them with friends online, including, I've heard, YouTube. So now you can take short snippets of your impressive kills or goals or whatever and stick them on social networking. Yeah, okay. same as PS4. We can move on there. Exactly. PS4's probably gone a bit further where you can actually stream your game and people can actually take over your game and show you what yeah. to do. We talk do, about dumbing I down do of quite, games. Do That's the like ultimate. That. Yeah, I do quite like that thing. I, I think it's a good idea. I don't think people are going to use it. But. I hate it. I will not want people taking over my game. No, I, but I, that's, I it's an option to you, and I don't think many people will. Well, actually, no. But given the, given the amount of people... That, in um, game franks, they're asking for help. I think they could almost be an economy there. People charging for getting people through a certain section of a game. That, agreed, it could do, but I think unfortunately it makes a mockery of the entire trophy system or achievement system. Yeah. You know, so, so, what's the point of having a trophy on my profile that says, "Hey, I've completed Uncharted 4 if somebody else did it? Well, now we're going back to my my earlier statement of um, people thinking can, that 
of, of Metro uh, being too difficult. Yeah, and gamers getting soft. Well, yeah, they are. But if if the if the, the feature is there, then you know it's going to be used to gain trophies, achievements. People are going to sell trophies and achievements. Well, maybe maybe PS Four uh, would disable. And in fact, I think they even mentioned this, if I remember correctly, that uh, you you won't be able to achieve a. Uh, the trophies if somebody else is playing your game for you. I'm, I'm sure that was mentioned. Can't say I've heard it, but but fair enough. It would it would be good if it was, if that was the case. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm ninety percent sure that was mentioned. I would have to go and Google it to to, to be sure. Well, I'll tell you what, you Google it and I'll cover the next bit, which is, funnily enough, still on achievements. It's been reported that it's, uh, achievements on Xbox One will be complemented by the addition of cloud-driven achievements that can be added to games as developers see fit and new challenges that can dare players to achieve smaller, limited-time goals in games. Xbox One achievements will be able to span games as well, according to, oh dear, Microsoft's Phil Harrison. (laughs) And developers will even have the option to design achievements that span Xbox generations. And of course, all your gamer score will move over and your achievements will move over from 360 to Xbox One. So how's your Googling gone, Marty? I haven't Googled, James. I'm not going to Google this. People are welcome to Google it afterwards, so I'm really not that concerned. Okay, knock yourself out, followers. <laughs> now, back to good old Connect. This is what Joystick have to say. In a brief demonstration in one of its Connect testing rooms, Microsoft showed press how the Connect kept track of two player profiles, each tied to a controller in use. When player one and player two swap controllers, the Xbox One is able to recognize which profile is the new player one. The Kinect also monitors the position of players, meaning it can match portions of split-screen games to the side of the screen at which that player is looking. So in other words, if you've got a guy on the right-hand side and a guy on the left, it's going to split the screen accordingly. Because there's always that irritating first moment, isn't there? Are you on the left or are you on the right? And then you're trying to work it out for the first two minutes. It's true, but I mean, to me it seems like an awful lot of tack for a very small problem. Was you that tack or tech? Tack, <laughs> or well, both? Tack, tack, <laughs> both of them. It just seems like it's over, it's over the top. In what case would you ever use that scenario? Somebody is sat next to you on the sofa, you hand your controller over, you've done that for a reason. You know, are you passing it to them so they can complete a section of uh, a level or a course for you? you know, or have you just randomly dropped the controller and they've picked up the wrong one? I mean, it just seems like a, like overkill. What What's the point but, to it? But... but- Yes, absolutely. In in game styles, gameplay methods that we have now, but could you not potentially foresee something whereby an additional gameplay mechanic might come out of that? So, for example, when you pass the controller over to somebody, you are saying you are the leader of this session, aren't you? Effectively, that's that's kind of where, where what that what that symbolises. But, but, but could that not be done by pressing a button? Oh, absolutely it could. Oh, no, absolutely it could. But if there's a way for it to be done simpler, and Microsoft has already kind of done all the work to do all of this, or, or it's, it's technology that comes in with Connect anyway, then instead of pressing a button and making sure that you have to do that each time, you know, 
you can just it can just be done. So there's um on the uh, on the Wii U there's a, a really good Rayman Rabbids game. Um, I, I want to say it's Go Home, I think, but um, not 100 percent sure on that. But basically, obviously with the Wii U, that you know you get this this tablet device with it, and and that is you know player one. That's that's a, that's the device um, that you pass around to different friends and. You know, you get a different game experience than the people playing with Wiimotes using the big screen. Um, you know, that's only possible. That kind of gameplay is only possible because there are two screens. Well, it, you can foresee developers using this new type of technology to come up with new gameplay ideas. I don't necessarily. Uh, yes, absolutely. If we were, if this, if we were still playing Time Splitters today, which one, I wish we were, and two, um, you know, unfortunately we're not. Um, then yeah, absolutely. This kind of tech to 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 split the screen sideways or or, or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of perfunctory. But can, I, can actually, I ask a question? Sorry to interrupt. But can I ask a question? How many um, times each week do you have a split screen mate playing on your console? Um, a fair amount, actually. Um, okay, that's fair yeah, enough. a fair amount. Uh, admittedly, I I do understand that my my situation is a little bit different and. You know, multiplayer same room gaming is definitely going away. But if if it if it's a new type of technology that could encourage a same room multiplayer scenario, then perhaps you might get more and more people into the living room. And ultimately, that is what Microsoft want. They want more and more and more people to engage with their hardware that wouldn't normally engage with their hardware. And the way to do that is to pass it over, pass over the controller or to give control of the experience to somebody and just say, it's easy, just take it it's, on. Isn't this something that Nintendo have been offering... A long yeah, they time. did. They did, and they made a shed load of money out of it. And you know, so I I do feel that this new technology could potentially bring bring forward new gameplay experiences that we haven't seen before. I I really actually like the idea of split screen gaming, and I think it's something that's been lost in this last generation. I don't think it needs Connect to do that. If it's got the technology already to do it, I don't see why not. Well, no, for sure. It's already recognising you to log you in automatically. Why not make that logical next step? So long as the technology works, I'm yeah, I'm completely with that. Same principle. You don't have a problem then. I don't have a principle with with technology, not at all. No, it it just needs to work. It just needs to work, and I've not been convinced that Connect actually works. I think Connect One, and I'm sure Ken will testify to this because uh, we did a podcast quite a while ago. And even though he was our Xbox Connect expert, you actually gave it the lowest score out of all of us, didn't you, Ken? Yeah, he did. did. And 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 I scored it the most, which was shocking, shocking. But uh, yeah, I think. I mean, let me continue what Joyce have to say, and maybe it'll make it a little clearer. So Microsoft also demonstrated a few more tricks made possible by the new Kinect's enhanced sense of depth and its greater field of view. So for those with smaller rooms like Peter, hopefully Kinect 2 will uh, work much better. I thought we've also missed out on the whole um, uh, tech video of of this, this monitoring a body almost. We, we haven't mentioned that. Connect seems to be even more invasive, if you want to call it that. 
situ- uh, that kind of thing where it can see your your heartbeat and your yeah the, it, it can recognize a smile or a frown it can look at uh skin colors you know yeah. if you're getting flush yeah, yeah. or anything like do, that do we actually believe that the, the connect two oh, sorry the connect one two is is going to be able to do that yes. why not well, because of the lies that were said with the Connect one, they went. Look, we've already said this. They had about two years, and they had to phase it back. This is not the first time a company's had to do that. We're okay. just hoping so, so that with this time round, they've learnt the lesson. They've got the technology in place to do it. They've costed it, and they can release it. Plus, the, we have just, what sorry. lies were told about the first Connect? You know, the, the, it came out, and developers didn't support it. It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't maybe as high resolution as as they made out initially, but but that was about it. Milo, Milo, Milo was a tech demo. You know? Yeah, yeah but it was Italian. a tech demo. It never appeared in any shape or form. It never passed a piece of paper, and what was on that paper appeared or anything like that. That was never utilised, was it? But the but the the promise of Connect, the uh, the original Connect, is really strong, and I think that the. the if people, if it had been bundled with the 360, if it had come out at launch, I think you would have seen a lot more developers using it in a lot more interesting ways. But unfortunately, you can't, as okay. with any peripheral, you can't um, assume that the audience that you are pitching your uh, game to automatically has that additional piece of hardware. It's why it's why okay. only, you know. I, 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 I totally accept what you're saying that you, you can't guarantee that people are going to have. That peripheral and and with Xbox One that they will definitely have yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still very much struggling to see how that can enhance the gaming experience because of all the experience that I have had from Connect One One. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um. So, for example, um. Let, okay. So, do you use a headset when you when you play video games with your friends? Yes, or? absolutely, I do. Yeah. Cool. So, um, if you if you use a Connect, obviously it's going to pick up uh, audio, uh, and uh, and it'll also obviously pick up video. Um, so, for example, you wouldn't necessarily have to use a headset. Like that's a way that that game could um, theoretically. Uh, sorry, that hardware could theoretically improve your gameplay experience. What it could also do. Is as it's watching you, it could be, uh, it could be looking for sort of telltale signs of nervousness when you're playing, you know, the next, um, uh, the next um, creepy horror game. Um, it could be looking, it could be looking for um, the single moment where you look away from the screen. For example, it could it could be watching for that moment where your head tilts just slightly too much because you know you've seen somebody off and you want to say hello to them or whatever, and suddenly you know there's a giant horrible scary sure. monster yeah, right in I- front of you. So. It's not about, I think what people confuse Connect with is it's not necessarily an input device in the traditional way that we think of input devices as a controller, as a, you know, you know uh, throw a punch to throw a punch in the game. What, what it works as an input device is, is being able to work more like a webcam as an input device, more like being able to see how you are reacting to the way that the game is uh, is playing out and potentially changing the game dynamically based on your reactions. And I think, actually, that you'll find that that is a very exciting thing because that is something that was started 
in games like the original SSX, where if you were doing really well, the soundtrack would intensify, the bass would become you know much, much harder if you were doing really well, if you were pulling off all of these tricks. And it actually made the game a lot more exciting. Now imagine, imagine that it's not based on this strange algorithm of tricks and points and that sort of thing. It's actually based on how intensely you are looking at the screen. That's how much the music is, you know, is blaring in. That and and is that, that, that is a very good sell. And I think your sales pitch there is, is really, really good. But, you know, that's, that, that is the dream. And, you know, yes. But it, and, that, that's what it is. That yes, is a dream. absolutely. And that is, I think, to, to, you know, to kind of, to, to, to really think about all of this stuff. The, the the biggest problem is that none of this stuff has been has been um, has been sort of properly explained. There hasn't because it was such a short presentation because we haven't seen games using this uh, this connect technology. You know, you haven't seen these use cases, but I will bet you in I will bet you in three weeks' time that you will see more games like that, and it won't all be Dance Central's. It I, will. I, it, I actually think it will be all Dance Central. No, If it's a standard no, okay, Marty, me, you've got a much let, let better me, chance. Let me, let me let me say what I'm going to say. All right, go on then. The fun, the fundamental issue with with Connect is is that of mobility. You cannot. Without a controller, you have to have a controller along with Connect in order to evolve movement. Unless you want to be stamping your feet mm-hmm. on the ground, you mm. have to have a controller to to have forward, sideways, and and backwards movement. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, you, so you're always going to be restricted on the types of games that you can do with Connect. No, you're 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 restricted oh. on you're restricted on not being able to do the holodeck, you can't do that. But what you can do is be sat on your couch with a controller and then the Connect One will be enhancing the experience that comes with it. It's, exactly. not, that you're, it's not that you're using the Connect One to, to look around. It's that the Connect One is looking at you and it is say, saying, you know, how, it is thinking about how it can bring these extra interesting experiences into the living room and changing based on you know, based on how its um, its player is reacting. This, really, if we were going to get completely, you know, uh, full of hyperbole, and I'm going to, you know, this is where games become truly interactive because we interact with them and now they're going to start interacting with us. And that, that's really exciting. And, well, you know... I, don't, I think that, that is exciting, but I, I think... We're starting to get beyond the realms of the possibility of Connect. I, I don't think so. I think I think we really with the first Connect. I would it was all pro- hold on, Marty. Hold on, Marty. No, come on. This is my turn. Wrong. I would love to be proved wrong. Looking at the videos I'm, I'm that have come out of IGN, you have been proved wrong. The video they're, they're showing. Uh, little, uh, they're showing like a tech de- tech demos where people yeah, from I, IG from I IGN. I've watched those videos and they are not. They are not uh, doing it on Xbox 360 tech. No, they're not. They're doing it on 360? Xbox One. <laughs> Sorry, they're not doing it on um, on the on the machine tech. They are. It is just PC stuff. Right. Anyway, let me try and say my point, Marty. What I was trying to say earlier. Sure. Connect sure. was very much all or nothing. If you brought a Connect accessory, the games that were coming out for Connect, you were expected to wave your arms about, jump in the air, do whatever. 
With Connector's standard, you've got much more chance now of every game developer at least looking at Connect in some use case and thinking, okay, we don't want to be doing the whole hand gestures and waving our arms in the air. We just want subtle interaction, subtle detection, which can be incorporated in our game, which will make a big difference. What is wrong with pushing the B button on a controller? There is nothing wrong with pushing the B button, but there's also nothing wrong with adding vibration and other features that enhance the game. What was wrong with pressing the one button you had on an Atari 2600 controller? Nothing. Nothing was wrong with it. <laughs> exactly. But as we but move it was on, a button, things a button, change. A button, there's a button. Oh, man, the 2600. Um, yeah, I mean... The, I think I think a the difference, button works. Uh, yeah, absolutely, it does. But it works in a digital. It works in a digital m- method. It it doesn't. It's on or off. Yeah, it's on or off. And pressing a button, you know, it, it's it's one or zero. It's not. He is pressing this button with four, like super force, or he's pressing this button angrily. You know, it's it's on off on off. But you know, with with a more sort of analog. Uh, digital device like like Connect, um, you know, you get more more uh, you know you get more gradient, and you get you get things that are are taking in extra information other than simple sort of up down left right XB, such yeah. as well you know well like I've said before you know it's it's stuff like it's you know it's stuff like being able to see if you're excited about something. Now of course the negative side side of this, if <laughs> if we want to go there. Um, is is obviously there is the chance because there's a lot of ad stuff um, that's coming out about Xbox One. There is the chance that when you're watching an advert, or if your eyes sort of glance towards an advert and you make a big frowny face, um, that the Xbox One would be able to recognise that and then not serve you that ad anymore. And there is a lot of data privacy stuff going around at the moment. Hang on, so, so are we now saying that the, the whole capture thing is now down to advertising? No, no. no I'm not, I'm he's, not saying... he's offering a possible use case yes, in I, a sinister it, world. Right. If, uh, I, yes. if I look like I'm constipated, am I going to get... Uh... Well, but... it's, but no, it'll pause the game and say, Marty, go to the toilet. Yes, and well, it'll, it'll, yeah. snap, it'll snap to something else and give you a, a, a NetMD uh, link. No, I mean, if it pauses the game, that would be quite good. It's got Internet Explorer. It can do all that now. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, so if, if, if we want to see it in, in, in those terms, you know, we, we might be shown a, a trailer, for example, and watch the new Batman movie or something like that, and we might have a big, happy, smiley face, and that information might be sent back to the people who put that trailer out and the advertising companies that, that work with that. And there are a few sort of, um, questions about data privacy and how people, you know, what information it is that you are going to be feeding back to Microsoft. But if, for me, if that's the payoff of, you know, for this this very very unique um, input device, then I'm not I'm not 100% against that. You know, that's not something that I'm too fussed about. You know, if 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 this you know magic black box underneath my television can tell whether or not I'm happy you know that's that's pretty cool absolutely yeah I mean I'm, I'm not against that at all either at, at the end of the day what is it going to take a, an image of me doing in front of my Xbox that I wouldn't want 
the people at Microsoft to I, see. I, I, to I think, think you need to be very, very <laughs> careful there. No, not, not at all. If you're I doing that you in do. front of your console, then you should be... What games are you playing? Problem. Yeah, what games are you playing? <laughs> I, I, I've so experienced the 1980s um, public domain stuff, so you'd be surprised what I've played. It well, could be know, even a simple thing, like if you're looking away when you're watching Netflix, it pauses it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a tinfoil hat man. I, I don't think it's going to be recorded near every move. I, I think that's that's pretty much nonsense. I think there are subtleties within games. Now, it's a standard peripheral that it could be taken advantage of in ways we can't even imagine yet. No, and I, that, for I, I that think... is interesting alone. Whether it'll do it or not, Marty, absolutely, I have James. no idea. I, I you think... may be absolutely right, may be absolutely rubbish. But at right. least from the tech demos and what they're trying to improve on the first Connect, it, it's got some potential of no, what yeah. could have Abs- been but Abs- didn't happen. Absolutely, James. I think the, the tech demos that you linked to me earlier on I thought were very good. I, I think they they demonstrated that Connect are are, um, are are miles ahead of what was promised with uh, with Connect One One, but there's still promises, and it's not that I have a big deal with that. I I think if they can improve games, then yeah, I'm absolutely for that. But I have not played a Connect. And I don't think Connect enhances any of the games that I have ever played. I there's there's one or two games that work well with Connect, and that's the Dance Central games. And uh, I think Connect Sports work quite well. I just don't see with Connect One Two any enhancements that can improve. Game. Yeah, but we haven't seen because, what they're going well, to do well, yet. Well, we know the Any technology. We know the technology. The, no, we don't. We know the old to, technology. It has the limitations that you, 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 you can't. In a game, you cannot walk forward without a controller. You, you've got to be stamping your feet in the Kinect game in order to move forward. You have this limit of... But you're looking at it as a purely Kinect-only but that, that's Interface. what Connect is. That is what Connect is. Unless you have a controller. As well, why can't you have the controller device? and Connect? You like, can, right? You the can, new Crytek can, game but but, but Microsoft have been pushing the system as you are the controller, and they've. they've that they've, was the first Connect, though. There is a clear that. distinction between the two. Martin, yeah. okay, are, are we saying now that, that Microsoft have abandoned that, that, that ethos? Martin, you are, you are completely right in so much as. The, with a, with with a connect, yes, absolutely, you can't do that, and you can't have traditional game experiences with the connect. Agreed, completely. But what you can do is you can have those experiences with Xbox One, or you will be able to, because the connect isn't a separate thing; it's part of the entire package. So, sorry. So you're saying now that that, that we can have that that experience with yeah, that, that yeah, absolutely. So so. Because the Kinect is coming with the Xbox One, this is, you know, the designers can take all that's good with the Kinect and put it into their games. Like, for example, with, um, uh, like, for example, I think you're going to see a lot more um, Mass Effect 3 implementation, for example. And, you know, you can say what you, what you like about the actual Mass Effect 3 game 
as a whole. But the implementation of Connect was really interesting because it allowed you to say specific lines of dialogue as they appeared on screen, and that would that that would dictate your response. Now, for me, as somebody who would really love to see games move forward in a sort of story capacity, as well as lots of other different capacities, but especially in, in story, um, that's really cool because it means that I can speak in a more casual tone, which they were talking about at this reveal. You know, you'll be able to speak to Connect One in a very uh, matter-of-fact way. Um, I will be able to speak those lines of dialogue, and I'll be able to feel a little bit more immersed in the next you know, epic sci-fi shooter. I'll be able to feel that immersion. And that's the, the only way that I'm going to do that is either by putting a headset on, which, again, is a way of doing it, or by using the Connect. And... The cool thing about that is I don't have to go out and go, go and get a headset. I don't have to go and get this extra piece of technology because I already have it because it came with the big box that I got from you know, BT or, or I went to game and, and purchased. That, that's really, really interesting. Okay, guys. I think we've given Connect enough justice in this podcast. Great debate, though. On every side. Yeah. So, the actual controller itself. We've actually got some minor alterations here. Not a great deal, but some alterations nevertheless. So, we've now got something called dynamic impulse triggers. So, we've actually got rumble motors on the triggers. So, I'm not sure exactly what that will bring. Any ideas, guys? No, not at all. <laughs> I really don't. It'll bring things like a little bit of... Um tactical feedback on mm. certain guns and on uh, maybe if you accelerate out of a corner too quick on a racing game you'll get a little yeah. bit of feedback it, it's not going to be a game changer but there, there are some subtle sort of things it, it, it it's interesting but the it's not selling anything for me the um uh the idea because i was thinking about this last night because i'm a bit sad like that before i went to bed um the the, the cool thing I, I thought of is um you know in I think it was uh, the original Modern Warfare where they introduced if you were playing multiplayer and you got a hit it would make a, a specific sound like it would make a sound do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. yeah so it it was confirming in an audio way that you were making contact with your enemy I think you'll see that sort of a thing in the trigger so for example you're pulling the trigger and the whole controller is shaking ever so slightly to replicate you know the gun firing but in the actual trigger itself you'll feel a slightly different uh, vibration at the same time and that will be instead of an audio you know that'll be a physical um reaction to you hitting your target and that yeah that's that that's 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 the sort of um uh, implementation that you, I think you'll you'll see and I, yeah again like the wheel the wheel spinning thing that's a, that's a brilliant example actually it's a, a nice idea for sure yeah but uh, I think like issues are going to end that's not completely a good thing well this is what the Guardian have to say and it sounds a little dirty but I promise you it isn't so bear with me it seems the tech behind these has changed from a mechanical linkage to a magnetic sensor so developers what? are now able to register even the slightest touch bringing more analogue depth to the squeezing action so that's what dynamic impulse triggers are. How about we, we that? We have issues with, with, with shooting people in COD or BFE. It, it doesn't matter in the game. They are certainly online issues when you watch replays of your deaths. There's lag. You, you cannot get away with lag. 
because it is an inherent point of, of, of the internet. You lag is 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 something that you just have to deal with. But there is a D pad. <laughs> a D pad that's probably a little bit more traditional. Yeah. Do we know? Okay. Do we know if it's is it um uh is it eight way or is it four way? Uh, I'm sure it's eight-way. It's got to be, hasn't it's it? Got to it's be. Just, it's a four-way directional, you know, to look at, but it's, it must register two if you're pressing two. Yeah, the same it's, time. It's, it's got to, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's eight-way, but to be honest, looking at the design of the controller, it looks like a step backwards. But here's the thing, then. If it's an eight-way D-pad, that's a kind of hardcore gamers thing for fighting games mm-hmm. yeah. and that's not the audience that they presented on the reveal yeah because they haven't shown the games off yet the games are coming at E3 they made it really clear that the hardware would be shown at the reveal games think, would be shown at E3 you there's think there's going to be a whole load of, of fighting games at E3 oh no 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 no, no. there no, definitely won't can, be fighting games you don't use a D-pad just for fighting games yeah you um, pretty they, much do they, for fighting no, games and no. for shooting. Sonic 1, baby. <laughs> D-pad all the way. Oh, goodness me. Can you imagine how good Sonic 1's going to be on Xbox One? That's going to be amazing. <laughs> super, super amazing. They'll finally be able to emulate it right. It's a um, match made in heaven. I, I can play that on my current consoles and I haven't connected my TV. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, uh, that's... That's a really good news, actually. That's really good because um, the current 360s uh, is it full weight at the moment? It's it's because uh, the the current 360 pads are a little bit um, like I, I I tend to Pluffy. play. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're good. Yes, very good word for it. Um, so I, I think if it if it goes eight way, that that'll be really useful. Um, but it's um. Did anybody else think it looked a little bit like um an on live controller? Absolutely, yeah. Strange, isn't it? Like it, 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 it sounds strange, but it looks like it feels like an on-live controller. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> that's it. Yes, perfect. Um, and, and we also know that the uh, the Xbox 360 controllers will not be compatible. Oh, is that true? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wireless certainly. We're, we're, there's it's up in the air whether your wired controllers will work though. <laughs> and I do think that the Xbox 360 controller is one of the greatest controllers that I have ever used. Well, they're saying this one's going to be even better, and even the ones that tested it saying it's much lighter, much nicer to hold, grippier. The analog sticks are nicer to move around so it may yeah. be even better martin you won't even want to touch those well, wretched 360 ones i i love the xbox 360 controller and and again i can't i can't comment really can i none of us could comment because we've not held them no it's, it's a shame we can't use xbox 360 controllers from the fact of we've got quite a few of them knocking about and when we've got frank yeah. over that means we've got to buy another xbox so, one controller yeah. But never mind. But backwards compatibility gets even worse because we can't play any 360 games on our Xbox One and not even our Xbox Live Arcade titles. And I think from my perspective, not having the Xbox Live Arcade titles on Xbox One is a big bummer. But you will be able to buy them, James. No, you'll be able to rebuy them, or hopefully some might port them over and it, well, that was your transactions yeah. be included. I don't know. Maybe they'll address that at a later date. But certainly, it, from initial announcements, the there's no backwards compatibility at all. I don't think backwards compatibility per se is a 
massive issue. I, I, I think it's an issue for some people. And, and I certainly wouldn't say just because it's not a problem for me doesn't mean it's not a problem for other people. Mm. Because because I have my console. I, I, I'm a massive retro gamer, so I have three rooms and I have three setups and I have various uh, consoles in all of those different rooms so I can play anything I want back to about 1980 but if you're someone who has an Xbox 360 as your own console you might be a bit cheesed off that you're not going to be able to play unless you have your console set up under your TV for 360 all that sort of stuff that you've bought prior to xbox one it's 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 possible of course though that uh, they could do what sony is uh, rumored to be doing which is with gaikai uh, yes a gaikai like substitute i believe microsoft invested really heavily in a streaming tech recently um i can't remember the name of it for the life of me it's the other uh, it's the not gaikai basically and it's not on live um and so what what we could see is them streaming the um, the games that you already own from you know basically cloud gaming like essentially if you've already purchased the game on 360 it would put a check next to your profile and you would be able to access that content again it would be a way of uh, allowing developers to continue to monetize the games that they've put out on um, 360 without having to do a lot of technical work bringing yeah. it forward and it would also mean that the um, the Xbox One library would be gigantic at launch. Um, it's, all, it's all about monetization, there, isn't it? It's not. It's not the same thing that that you can plug in. And we were speaking before about being able to play uh, Sega Saturn games or SNES games or NES games or ZX eighty one games. We're, we're being expected to to pay for these things yet again. Well, we'll have to wait and see, I think. I mean, it would be nice to have them reappear without an extra cost, but we'll have to wait and see. But I, I think I, this podcast... I don't, I, don't, I don't think that, um, a, that backwards compatibility is a, is a, a big killer thing for me. No, 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 I don't either. I think for retail, I, I was um, we all made a big fuss over it when the 360 came out, which meant Microsoft had to do this horrible, horrible hack where the games sort of ran on Xbox 360, and although there were some graphical improvements like in Halo 2, there were always some underlying issues left. So it was never a perfect solution. So if they could do it a la PS4 with a Gaikai-like server system, and if they've got 300,000 servers for Xbox Live and all this cloud stuff for the Xbox One, Surely where? something like this may be possible. James, where are they keeping all of those servers? I don't I, know. Marty's got three rooms, I reckon, in there. <laughs> I have at least three rooms. <laughs> I, that, that, when, when he came out and said that, you know, we've got this number of servers, I just thought, where? <laughs> where are these? But it's that's, the cloud. It's the cloud. But, you know, Microsoft's, Microsoft... The, is the company that has the infrastructure to do something something like that on a much more permanent basis than an oh, online? Oh, definitely. So Xbox think, Live, SkyDrive, yeah. Office in the cloud. You know, yeah. the list goes on. Yeah. Well, the, this is more down then to gaming as a service and moving away from gaming as an ownership. That's true. Yeah, but, I mean, 
at the end of the day, is that a really, really terrible thing if you're not yes. a collector? If you're a it's collector, it's a terrible thing I, if you're not a collector. Is it if you're not a collector? Sorry, it, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing if you are a collector. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I was, I was going to say it doesn't. It's not really going to bother a lot of people. If no, you're I, 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 games, I think you're absolutely right. I think if you're only buying COD and FIFA, then then yeah, it's not going to impact you at all. But for me personally, with the amount of games that I buy, it's going to be the, a, a, a big shafting. Well, there's a vision to end the podcast on. <laughs> but just to be clear, media transfers such as music and video you may have already purchased on Xbox 360 will transfer over to Xbox One. Thank you for joining us. It's been a lengthy podcast, but worthy to listen to from start to finish. Thank you to Marty Greenwell. Goodbye. Peter Willington. Thanks very much. And Ken Barnes. Thank you. Goodbye.